Welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am your host, Misty Phillip, and I am so excited that you are here with me today, friends. I have a treat for you. I want to introduce you to Hannah Peru. She is a photographer, an author. She's been in interior design. She has a homestead. Uh, She's got all kinds of things. We're going to talk about her journey in that, but also we're going to talk about the fact that dreams take time to manifest. Sometimes God gives us a dream and it takes a while for us to work that dream out. Sometimes he only gives us part of the vision so that we have to continue to seek him for the full vision. Now you might remember I will be taking a break uh, in the new year as I am working on the Spark Media Conference. I'm going to be hosting that event in Nashville in March of 2022, and I am so excited about that. And if you have a podcaster in your life, I recommend getting them the gift of Spark for Christmas. You can find out more at www.sparkmedia.com. Dot ventures. Now, I want to tell you a little inside information about Hannah because I knew Hannah's brother before I met Hannah, and that's because her brother is Lucas Miles. And you may recognize that name because I've interviewed Lucas in the past, and he was also, he spoke at my last Spark conference, and he's on the inaugural cover, the premiere issue of the Spark Media Magazine. Now, if you haven't gotten your copy of the Spark Media Magazine, we have a few copies left of the fall issue. I would encourage you to go grab one of those today. There again at sparkmedia.ventures. So sit back, relax, and listen to this episode and be inspired by Hannah's story. Hey, Hannah, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. Thank you, Misty. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here too. We have been talking about chasing your dreams. And so I was excited to bring you on because you have lived an interesting life. You started off in (laughs) photography. So I've got to know more about that. We're also going to talk about your homestead. We're going to talk about your book and all, all of those projects. But let's start by talking about how how did you get into photography? Well, um, I actually have done it since I was a, a very young child. Um, I can remember going to different school trips and taking some sort of camera, whether it was one of those disposable yellow ones that everyone had or or my mom would loan me one of hers back in the non-digital film world. And you know, I just grew up in a household that was very appreciative of the arts and expression. And my mom would have art time with us often. And she'd gather us around our old, um, you know, our old laminate bar in our 1980s kitchen. And we would just go to town. I love it. I raised my kids like that too. Um, (laughs) We were often messy and doing fun, creative projects. So from there, you became a professional photographer and a lifestyle photographer. Is that correct? Yes, in a way. I actually kind of wove my way back and forth to get there. Um, My uh, undergrad is in interior design. So I actually was in the commercial interior design scene for a while. And I used photography through that process. 
Um, but photography for me was kind of really starting to come together in high school and then really, um, kind of through my design journey and then afterwards as well. I mean, it was just a progression. Um, and it was kind of one of my first loves. So even though I really loved the design world when the market crashed in what, 08, I, I found myself just really pushing back into that first love that was rooted in me from a younger age. Um, and I just, I'm like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm going to do now that, you know, the world looks the way it did. And it was, it was a perfect fit for me. And I have not for a second hesitated. I mean, I just, I've keep running towards it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So then did you get married, have kids? And is that how you ended up on the (laughs) homestead? Share a little bit more about your journey there. Okay. So we grew up, I was a suburban girl myself. We actually had cows at our back fence at one point when I was really little. I always admired the farm life. We lived kind of in a town that was surrounded by farms. So I had this kind of fascination with it. Um, but it was when I met my husband and he was a true farm country boy himself that, you know, we really started talking through what life could look like. And he was in the Marine Corps. So we traveled everywhere and we never got to really settle down until he went outside of active duty. So once we did that, we, um, you know, really made an effort to make that part of our life since we hadn't been able to do that at that point. So I think that was maybe, we already been two kids in and many, many homes before we got to that point. Yeah, that's so fun. A little fun fact about myself. I live in a suburb outside of Houston, Texas, major metropolitan area, but I live in the most amazing place that we back up next to a farm and we have cows next door to us. And then we have nobody (laughs) behind us because there's a little creek that runs behind us. Yet we're in the middle of of Houston, basically, in this little enclave. And it's been so great to raise our boys here. And we've got just an acre, which is enough for us to take care of, but it's also enough for them to have room to run. So tell me a little bit more about your homestead in the foothills of Colorado. Absolutely. So we've kind of made a zoo for ourselves, but we love it. Um, We have a bunch of chickens. Um, We have two barn cats, two amazing dogs that they, they come in the house. They're, you know, kind of our starter pets. (laughs) And we have a little over two acres here, but the, the mountain terrain, it feels bigger than that. Um, But we have just added two miniature goats and a miniature donkey. And so those are really stealing the show right now. Oh, that's super fun. I keep asking my husband if we can have animals, but we're in a subdivision. So I don't know, maybe we can hide them behind our garage or something. Would love to have chickens and get fresh (laughs) eggs every morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, let's talk about your, your journey into writing. What prompted you to want to write this children's book and tell me a little bit more about that journey. Okay. Um, the long journey would just be that I have always longed for that. I mean, as a little girl, that's been something that I've always dreamt of doing. I knew I would one day do that. Um, My father had a really good foresight for me. I wanted to go to uh, Chicago Art Institute and pursue illustration. And he's like, Hannah, you can always illustrate. You're 
you know, you already have that. Let's do something where you can work in an office, you know, really bring in a 401k, you know, all the, all the business terms, he's a financial planner. So it makes sense. And so I went that route and I've circled back and seen the fruit of that. And had I not gone through all these other journeys, understanding business a little more and understanding these, these bigger principles outside of just the fine art aspect and the writing aspect, I probably wouldn't be here exactly right now. I think it would have taken me a longer journey. So I appreciate his wisdom in that. Um, but I just, I've always known I would do it. I just didn't know it would look exactly the way that it did. So I had in my my mind, this polar bear drawing, and I, I still have all of that. And maybe one day I'll use it. But I did have it maybe at age 16. I knew, okay, I, I want to illustrate and write this book. And so it just, you know, evolved. And I've always loved writing. The interesting thing about this book is that I kind of did it backwards. So I illustrated, I think almost 100% of the actual book before the story was applied to it. So I did all of the illustration first, which is really kind of a, a unique way of doing it. Or my next book, it's the opposite where I've completely written it. And now I'm going back and illustrating what it will be. So it's just, it, it was a very kind of out of the box way of doing it. Yeah. Well, I want to touch on something that you said, because I think it's important as we are chasing our dreams, it's not always going to look like the way we think it's going to look like. And sometimes our dreams take time to manifest. So, you know, you knew from a very young age, but it's looked a little bit differently because life in life, we've got twists and turns. But I think if we're following the Lord, that it is way beyond more that we can imagine or or think. And I would love to know how God has worked that out in your life. What are some things that he has done that you're just like, this is more than I can imagine? Absolutely. And um, there's some things that he has taught me through time in artwork, whether it's as a, a mother, um, homeschooling my kids and teaching them certain art concepts or just myself. But one of the, the big things I was thinking through lately is that if you take you know a Rembrandt or take a, a beautiful piece of artwork and you don't know who the artist is, you're just going to see the art for what it is. And maybe you say, oh my goodness, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful piece of art. However, if now you know who the artist is, then you're all of a sudden going to put all of that energy and focus onto the artist himself. And I was thinking of that picture with Jesus, how, you know, God is the creator. He has created this whole world for us to be blessed by on a daily basis. Every single teeny little moment that we can absorb and notice, whether it's a leaf or, you know, the way the, the weather is or an animal that's funny or, you know, all of those things that you kind of see in the book. Um, it's really noticing the artist who's created that and not the art itself. So once we know that God is the artist and that he is the creator, then we can put our attention to him and it's no longer on the thing um, that has been created. Yeah. And all of creation is declaring his glory. I love that. Mm -hmm. So your book is a children's book called Farm to Film. And it is an alphabetical story told through the eyes of an old lens. So tell me what that means. So you find um, the main character who kind of isn't really ever named. She's kind of just a mysterious girl with the braid on the cover. 
And she goes to um, pop her pop and Graham's farm, which Graham and grandpa. And she picks up Grant, uh, Pop's camera, really old style camera. I actually have the exact replica uh, in my office. So that was kind of inspiration for that. Um, and, you know, she, she walks through the journey on their farm, taking photos kind of from, you know, really taking everything in through the eye of the camera. And I call it my bit eyeball in the book. And as a photographer, that's kind of a behind the scenes thing that you wouldn't realize reading it. But if you have had me as a photographer, especially with little kids, I will hold up my camera and encourage them. Hey, look into my big eyeball. I call this my big eyeball. And then they always just, you know, they get really excited and they stare into the glass. And uh, that's when I get a really nice shot of them. And so she's taking that in and just really going through all these different aspects of the farm through Pop's big eyeball or camera, so to speak. Yeah, that's so fun. And I love your illustrations. So what was the prompting in terms of the way that you illustrated the book? Is there anything in particular that that led into that? So the fox was first. I always tell people that. And it was just kind of a, a moment where I wanted to draw a fox that was different, that was geometric and kind of, you know, out of the box. And he looked a little bit... Um, you know, just playful. And, and it was so weird as I was making this Fox, I just started picturing the story and it was going through the alphabet. So he was just kind of my little like seed that just created all of these other ideas for me. So then I'm like, I just kept thinking F is for Fox. And I'm like, huh, H is for horse. And then, you know, I just kind of kept going through in my head and piecing together kind of this concept. And I knew how I wanted the story to go, but it took me a long time to put it to words. So, um, but yeah, he was he was first, and then I also um, went ahead and you know just really enjoyed writing through that that eyeball concept of going through the camera. Yeah. So how long did it take you? Because you said it took you a long time. And, you know, we have authors or um, writers here who want to be authors and I want to give them a realistic time frame. So I know for me, when I was writing the Bible study that God called me to, I was still homeschooling my kids who were at that point in high school mm-hmm. and my time was very limited. So it took me three years. God gave it all to me in one sitting, I feel like. And then it took me three years to write it all out. So I would love to know how long it took you to to put your book together with with the illustrations and the writing and, and all of the things. Uh, so it actually took me about uh, three years total. I was pregnant when that fox happened. So it was really, um, you know, longer than I had expected it to take. But it was also perfect because it allowed me, you know, that walk through pregnancy and getting through that first year or so of my daughter's life and then really starting to pull off the printing process. And, um, you know, that part took a year longer than I expected it to. That was the really... Uh, interesting part. So, you know, my behind the scenes of actually making it and kind of piecing it together, honestly, was pretty quick with kind of a two year ish, give or take. Um, But printing it, uh, I was really picky on how to make that happen. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, so I actually chose to self publish. Um, There are just various uh, reasons that I went that route. I explored publication through a publisher. And, 
the more I pursued that, I just kept coming back to self-publishing. And, you know, maybe that will look different in the future for me, but that just kept feeling right and making sense to me. And the biggest thing is I just felt this kind of this rush and this need to get it out there sooner than later. And so, you know, maybe that was just God's timing in it on my heart or something, but um, maybe I'll, I'll understand that years down the road. But it was something I just felt like this needs to be in print now and move forward with it. You know, I, Hannah, we have so much in common as, as we're talking here. <laughs> I just want to share. So I pitched the struggle is real, but so is God Bible study to several publishers um, before Lifeway shut down. They were even interested, took my proposal. I was uh, working on getting an agent and all of those things. Um, and I just clearly heard God say, you just need to publish this book. I mean, I just knew that I was. I knew the message needed to get out there. Well, my book published in 2019, and it's a Bible study about overcoming the struggles of life. God knew what was coming in 2020. We didn't know, um, but he used that study to prepare me for what I would experience in 2020. So I'd love to know some of the lessons that God has taught you in in your writing and illustrating and or any any part of that journey. Wow, that's it. That's amazing. I think that's really beautiful that that happened for you that way. And obviously God knew. Well, it's just, it's connecting me with a lot of people that um, I'm getting questions from pastors now and things like that. And just how do we bring art back to the church? That was um, a recent conversation I had with a a pastor friend of mine and, and just kind of recreating that art has a place in the church. And I think, I think it's there. I think it's there in many, many uh, churches, but um, just really using it as a form of worship. To me, I feel like between the written word and art as, you know, any medium, whether that's photography or painting or um, videography, I mean, any big spectrum performing dance um, that, you know, really that should be and can absolutely be used as a form of worship. And so that's something that God has really reminded me and really helped me instill in my children and teaching them, I mean, (laughs) through the course of illustrating the book, for instance, one of the only reasons I got done with it in two years is because I was open to having them sit next to me with, I was pretty particular still like, okay, you need to be like a foot further. Cause this is, I'm working on something here. Um, but really showing them how, you know, we can put on some worship music and just relax and just push into Jesus and use our hands in this way. Um, and just really, you know, give this time in this space over, over to the Lord. Um, so that's something through writing and through art. I don't know if I answered your question exactly, but, um, yeah, no, I'm so glad that you answered it that way. (laughs) That is absolutely beautiful in my homeschooling with my boys. I would do similar things when we were reading out loud. I would have them play with Lego so that their hands were busy and they could pay attention to me. Or while I was working on a project, I would give them an art project to do. And in the beginning, God created So if God created, how much more should we create if um, we partner with him and really press into him? So we had these really fun coloring books of like the great composers where the boys would color, which boys, I don't know if you have boys or girls, but you know, my boys, they they loved being outside and, and all the rough and tumble stuff, but I also made them sit and color. 
but we would listen to like the classical composers as we colored in their pictures. And we did a lot of, of art, great art study because going back to what you said earlier, uh, there, you know, when we know the creator um, and so much more when we know the creator God, um, how we can co-labor with him to create things. So I think that that is a beautiful testament. And I think that that is something that other young mothers need to hear because education should be a beautiful thing that we enjoy and our children enjoy. So thank you for that. I really appreciate what you're doing and the work that you're doing. So tell me what's next for you after everybody always wants to know after that first book comes out, you know, what, what's next? Do you have other books that you're, you're thinking of? I do. I have one that God gave me just the full, like, I mean, I'm sure I'll edit it, but from beginning to end, I sat down over coffee and, uh, you know, another children's book. So this makes sense. Um, but I wrote the entire thing from beginning to end and it was just, it was all him and without saying too much, although if anyone steals the idea, there needs to be a thousand books like this, I think. So it's fine, (laughs) but, um, it is basically reclaiming back the promise that God gave his people with the rainbow. Mm. So he is just really, really pulling back. Um, with his heart and reclaiming this is really my purpose and this is my heart and this is this gift and this beautiful image that I gave to you and why and what we can do with that. So that's that's my second book that I'm I'm really excited about. Um, I've been dragging my feet a little bit on the artwork because I just want it to be so perfect. Um, but the front cover is just it's going to be very just kind of like a mystical kind of rainbow where I'm personifying the rainbow as a female character. So kind of, you know, this her character and the rainbow is, you know, kind of her hair. So just a really simple silhouette um, and her hair. So I'm just, I'm really excited to share that. And there are so many books. I go to the library. It's a hobby of mine. (laughs) Um, my family will back me up. I will send, I'll take pictures of books that are just speaking into our children's heart, lies and deceit and uh, just oppression and all the, you know, all of these things that are just so sad um, that our culture is, you know, just rooted in right now. And um, I will take a picture of it and I'll say, look, this book I just found and then I'll hide it. <laughs> I'm so evil, but I'll just, I'll go and I'll hide it, and I'll hide it in the most yes. weird place. I'm like, no one needs to see this book. <laughs> so <laughs> that is so amazing. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because you're absolutely right. There is a terrible agenda again from the evil one against the hearts and minds of our children. And so thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for reclaiming the promises of God's children. And thank you for um, redeeming the time with your family as you pursue your dreams. So thank you so much, Hannah. I have so enjoyed getting to know you better. We will put the links to Farm to Film and where everyone can find you and in the show notes. So I'll give you the last word. What would be the parting word that you would want listeners to know about chasing their dreams? Oh man, just keep pushing into Jesus, keep hearing from him. When it's hard, that probably means you're doing something right. And Surround yourself with people that agree with you, that not just to tell you what you want to hear, but agree with 
the Lord's words and his promises for your life. And that will support you and lift you up. And especially us women can tear each other down pretty quick. Um, so just find a support system that is willing to, you know, just really give you what you need and pray over you and hold your hand through what you're trying to seek out. Yeah, that's so beautiful. We all need dream defenders. That's what I call them. Dream defenders, the ones who will pray over us and speak life into us. And I think we all need that. So Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the By His Grace podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Misty. It's been awesome. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Phillip, and I would love to connect with you there. <laughs>